Welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. Meant to have this baseball season preview out yesterday. Then I remembered I'm dr- I was driving from San Angelo to McAllen. So we're doing the preview today. Texas Tech opens up their season against number nine, Tennessee at 7 p.m. Central over in Arlington, Texas at the Shiners Children's College Showdown. What a name in Globe Live Field. Actually, the first five games for Texas Tech will take place there as they'll also play UT Arlington on Tuesday, then number seven, Oregon State on Wednesday. So two top 10 matchups right in these first five days, all within six days of each other. We'll go ahead and talk about the preview. We'll talk about the Shiners Children's College Classic first. So to start off, the strength of this Tech Tech team is certainly the bats, uh, without a doubt, and also the infield. And if you want to see how these bats perform against top-tier competition, well, you're not going to have to wait long because Tennessee, on Friday, they're projected to throw right-hander A.J. Russell, who last season for Tennessee pitched just over 30 innings, had a zero. 0.89 ERA, just walking seven batters with 47 strikeouts and 30 in a third. You're projected to go ahead and throw Kyle Robinson in that game. Really a late bloomer for you last season, but a really dominant player got you that win over Florida in game two of the regional. Also had a good performance at the Big 12 tournament over Oklahoma, if I'm not mistaken. And then, after that, the schedule lightens up a bit over your next three as you'll take on Nebraska at 3 p.m. on Saturday, and then Oregon at 2.30 p.m. on Sunday. You get the day off on Monday, then you're right back at it at Globe Life Field for a bit of an easier matchup against UT Arlington and number 7 Oregon State. So, just to start off with what this weekend's going to look like, you only know your projected starters for the first three games. Kyle Robinson obviously going to go ahead and throw game one for you. You have game two will be Zane Petty, who had a good performance against Florida on that Sunday night game and a pretty decent end to his season. Uh, really good the first time through the lineup. I'm going to be interested to see how does he look the second time through? Because, look, he uh, I believe he allowed one run or shut Florida out in five innings. But he did struggle a little bit more, got a little bit of the break with the win. And then, obviously, game three against Oregon, you're going to see a guy that you haven't seen before in Jack Washburn, who is obviously out with an injury last season. So let's go ahead and take a look at this roster for Texas Tech. Just going to go ahead and read through the names r- real quick. So we'll go ahead and read by position. Um, utility guy, Damian Bravo, uh, can play pretty much anywhere, can also pitch for you. You obviously saw him against Florida in that Sunday night game in the regional. Gave up three runs in the ninth, but he got through it, and we didn't have to burn any arms that we wanted to use on Monday. But you're right, handed, handed pitchers, and I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing some of these guys' names. Parker Hutra, he's a freshman. Isaiah Rhodes, he's a fifth year, his first year at Texas Tech. Joe Sockwell, Carson Preeb, Cole Casey, all freshmen. Trenton Parrish, obviously well-known. Going to be interesting to see him not going to be in the first three uh, starters to throw for you. Are they holding him out 
for one of the midweek games, or are they going to throw him in relief in one of those first three? Then obviously Chandler, or sorry, Chandler Coe, he's also another freshman for you. Uh, a couple of sophomores up next on this roster. Zane Petty, he's obviously going to throw game two against Nebraska for you. And then Jacob Rogers, your starter in that Monday game against Florida, who pitched pretty decently and came on strong at the end of last season. Uh, another freshman in Brady Trombello. Then Kyle Robinson, who should be the standout guy in this rotation this year. A lot of hopes will be pinned on him. Also had a pretty successful run over at the Team USA camps after the season ended. Uh, he's a junior, Mac Hauer. Uh, he's going to be a guy who, first off, going to need to learn how to pronounce his name. Second off, should be interesting. He's a homeschool guy out of Georgia, 6'5", listed at 265. A freshman. He can throw heat. He was one of the guys you were lucky to get back after the draft kind of fell in the draft. Uh, Fourth-year player will be Josh Sanders. And then Jack Washburn, who will start the third game for you. It's his fifth year at Tech. Now, for left-handed pitching, obviously you have Tabor Fast in there. He can also play a utility player. He'll mainly be in the bullpen or a midweek starter this year. Uh, He's a sophomore. Carson Ball. Uh, junior, it's his first year at Tech. Brandon Lysick, junior, obviously. Uh, Hudson Luce, uh, left-handed pitcher, 6'7", 210. It's his second year at Tech. Didn't really see much of him last year. Derek Bridges, a fourth-year player. Ryan Free, a fourth-year player. Zach Erdman, second-year player. Got some time last year. Then Max Huffing, a fifth-year player. It's his first season at Texas Tech. Um, now for the outfield. So this is where you have a glaring lack of depth. Just reading off as it's listed, Owen Washburn, a junior, Gage Harrelson, who is a really good player, moved over to center field last year towards the end of that regional uh, in those games against Florida. And then after that, there is a glaring lack of depth. So you have Austin Green and Drew Woodcox that are both listed as guys that can play the outfield. They're listed uh, infield slash outfield. Austin Green, obviously your second baseman from a season ago. Let's go ahead and talk about the infield. So Cade McGee uh, Jr., it's his first season at Tech, came from Gonzaga. Uh, Austin Green, obviously he played second base for you. He looks like he's going to be moving to the outfield. Drew Woodcox is a utility guy that does have power, was a decent hitter, came in and was a DH for you for your last three games of the regional. Tracer Lopez, uh, he played a lot of shortstop for you, but was injured for the regional last year. He's a middle infielder. TJ Pompey, uh, he's an interesting guy that can certainly play up the middle of the infield. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much time he gets in these first five games. I'd assume he gets a good amount, especially against UT Arlington. Garrett Bohm, infielder. He's a freshman, new name. Gavin Cash, obviously his second year at Tech. He's a junior by way of Texas. He'll be your starting first baseman. Travis Sanders, he was a guy that was on campus last year. He's a redshirt freshman. Actually, a lot of people thought he was going to start, ended up getting injured. Will Burns, he saw time he started for you at shortstop in the regional. Then Landon Stripling, who is your, <laughs> who's also a freshman. For catcher, you have Hudson Parker, who's a catcher and right-handed pitcher. It's his first year at Tech. Kevin Bazell is going to be moving from third base over to catcher. Davis Rivers. Uh, he's a freshman coming in. 
Dylan Maxey, you'd have to figure as a sophomore, he'll likely be your number two catcher, should be catching for you Saturday against Nebraska. Then Solon Munson, also a freshman. So that's the roster for this season. Now let's talk about the pitching staff. So we'll go ahead and start with the pitching staff. We'll talk about what could happen with the outfield and a really stacked infield. This pitching staff, most importantly, and everything is going to get sorted out. Now, one thing to note, you're going to have to sort things out a lot quicker than you normally did. It is currently February 16th. You open the season today. You have next weekend, the weekend after that, and in three weeks' time, three weeks from today, you're opening Big 12 play against Texas. So, not sure how much y'all remember of this, but... Two years ago, I believe your Big 12 opening series was when the Sweet 16 was going on. I could be slightly off there. It may have been your second series. I think you had a bye that year. But it was when the Sweet 16 was going on. Last year, it was the opening weekend of March Madness. Then your second series was against Texas during the Sweet 16. This year, your first conference series isn't during during the opening week of March Madness. It's not during... The Big 12 tournament even, it's a week before that. So really, Big 12 play starts it starts right off the bat for you. You have very little time to figure it out. It's not like a few years ago where you have four, five, sometimes six weeks of uh, playing ball or playing until you finally get around into Big 12 play. You have a lot more Big 12 series on the schedule this, se- this time around. If y'all remember, last season, y'all only... We only played eight Big 12 series. That's been the way it's been for a while. This time you have 10 series. And then you also finish the regular season with a series in Tempe, Arizona. One game against UNLV and two against Arizona State. You also got a midweek in there uh, in mid-April against Arkansas. So really a tough schedule. And then you also have Stanford coming back to Dan Law Field. You went there last year. They came here a few years ago. Did not go well for you in that super regional, but really not much time to get things figured out. You got what, what is it? Uh, You got these five games. You got a series with Texas Southern. You got a series with Gardner Webb. You have one game in Albuquerque and then it's right into big 12 play. So I think that by the time you get to Texas, you want to have what (laughs) obviously your best three starters ready for that game. But I think that this rotation, much like last year, can still change a lot over the course of conference play. Now, I think nailed down as Kyle Robinson needs to be your Friday starter. And remember, this guy, we haven't seen him be good for a full season yet. Obviously, he's only a he's a junior now, I believe. But last year was supposed to be his first year being a starter. Kind of blew out early and then came came on strong towards the end, was one of your most crucial players, went to Team USA camp. Got things figured out. You have Zane Petty, who was really good the first time through lineups and then really let it leak after that last year. Then beyond that, you also have some question marks. Jack Washburn, a guy that you haven't seen before. And he's a guy that uh, when he was at Ole Miss, he didn't necessarily go deep into games. He normally went about four to five innings into games. I think the most he ever threw was just over five, maybe six innings in a game for Ole Miss his last season there. And then you got some other guys who are candidates to break out as well. Jacob Rogers is a guy that I would really watch 
obviously Trenton Parrish was your um, Sunday starter for the most most of conference play, at least down the stretch he was last season. Wasn't overly impressive, but was still a good guy that could battle for you, keep you in those games early on. Didn't eat up a ton of innings, but he could keep you in it. And then obviously you lost Mason Molina, who was your top starter last season, and you lost Brandon Beckel. And those two losses are going to be tough to replace. So it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Zane Petty's development is going to matter. Getting Jack Washburn certainly helps a lot. Um, and then what's it going to be like with Jacob Rogers? Can any of these freshmen stand out? Max Hauer, and I'm sorry, I know I'm mispronouncing his name. I there, There's no chance I'm pronouncing that right right now. I promise you I'll learn it. But he is a guy that can throw with a lot of heat it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up in this lineup. Is he a guy that could be a midweek guy for you, maybe even a weekend starter? Or is he a guy that's probably going to be a relief guy for you? Maybe he takes out, not saying that he's going to be Brandon Beckel right off the jump. I mean, that Beckel pretty much drug you to the tournament last season. But he could be a guy that comes in and is a crucial relief piece. Also can... Guys like Josh Sanders, who have been here for a while, uh, make a jump for you. Tabor Fast, obviously only a sophomore, showed flashes for you last season. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Ryan Free is another candidate to make a jump for you. I mean, he's been a constant in your bullpen for a while now. Or not a while, but he's experienced fourth year in college baseball. It's going to be a lot of question marks. I'm more interested to see these first five games. I, if we can get out of this three and two, I would be just fine with that. Maybe you go two and one against Oregon, Nebraska, and UT Arlington, and then go ahead and pick up a win against Oregon State and Tennessee. And I think that'd be a great start to the season. But let's go ahead and talk about this lineup. From an offensive standpoint, you did lose some pieces, mainly in the outfield. You didn't really lose a ton in the infield. Obviously, Hudson White transferred. And I know there was a lot of concern with Hudson White transferring. Hudson White, let's be clear, he was not a natural catcher. Now, I I don't think he was quite as bad at the catching position as people thought. He had a great bat for sure, taking nothing away from that. But Kevin Bazell, his best position is probably catcher. And he was an okay third baseman for you. He made a good amount of errors. He made some spectacular plays for you too. But he's a catcher. And he was kind of shoehorned into that third base position with the injury of Travis Sanders. Now, you don't just get Travis Sanders back, but you also recruited out of Gonzaga, Cade McGee, who is a third baseman. So all of a sudden, you have a lot more options at third base. Up the middle, you don't just have Sanders and McGee. You have Sanders, you have Tracer Lopez, you have Will Burns, and then you have TJ Pompey, and then you have other guys like Garrett Bohm, who's a freshman. We'll see how much he factors in. Landon Stripling, we'll see how much those guys factor in in their freshman season. Gavin Cash is obviously going to start first base. I'd expect Tracer Lopez to still be in the lineup. I'd expect Travis Sanders to be in the lineup in the middle of the infield. You're probably going to see Kevin Bazell start at catcher two of your first three. I'd expect for um, Cade McGee to start at third. Travis Sanders, 
Lopez in the middle and then Gavin Cash at first. And then we'll see how these other guys factor in. Um, it'll be interesting to see on the Tuesday game against UT Arlington, probably a little bit easier opponent, how many changes you make, what guys get some time, what young players get some time. The concern for me is the outfield. I think you have enough talent in the infield. And also Austin Green, by the way, can play second base. Drew Wood- Woodcox can also play in the infield. The concern is in this outfield. And you had injury issues in the outfield last year as well, if you remember that. You should have Owen Washburn back, Gage Harrelson. When those two are healthy, they're locked down, nailed on starters. No doubt about it. Owen Washburn and Gage Harrelson are going to be starters. Austin Green has been moving to the outfield. Drew Woodcox could play there. Who else could play there? Maybe Will Burns moves out there. I mean, he's a natural athlete. He has some pop. And then... I wouldn't be opposed if you could have this as your starting outfield. Austin Green, Owen Washburn, Gage Harrelson, and then maybe Drew Woodcox is in the mix for a DH spot. Remember, he played DH in the last three games of the regional last year, and he sacrificed a little bit with taking Dylan Carter out defensively. Uh, Obviously, Gage Harrelson made a great play for you on Saturday night, I believe, then made a... Didn't get to a ball that probably Dylan Carter could have made it to. Obviously, he transferred to Georgia. But I I think that you're going to have plenty of pop in this lineup. It's going to be interesting to see tonight what lineup you put out there. And again, these games, and I mentioned it in passing, these games are on Flow Baseball, which if you go to, it's like $30 a month to watch these games. And I mean... Look, I'm an Astros fan, so I'm biased, but I much prefer when we were in Houston last year and you could watch those games on a free website. I mean, this Flow TV thing, it's awesome that you get to open the season in Globe Life Field, but man, I, 35 bucks for five baseball games, really only three that you three big ones for this weekend. I mean... Oh man, 35 bucks. That that is a steep price for what you're getting for 35 bucks. I'll just leave it at that. I mean, look, that's the one good thing about ESPN Plus all this season. And there may be some games that you don't quite get. I'm not sure if Arkansas is going to be on SEC network or what exactly Arizona State's going to be on if that's on the Pac-12 network. That is just brutal. But at least all the Big 12 games are on ESPN Plus, which you already have that for your basketball game. So as annoying as ESPN Plus can be sometimes, it is great that you have one site during conference play that you can watch all your conference baseball games on because this Flow TV deal, man, it, it is, it's really not worth the price that they're trying to make you pay for it. J- just being honest here. I looked it up. It's 30 bucks a month, which, man, that, that, that is a steep price for five baseball games. J- just being honest. I mean, ESPN Plus is like, is like $10 for a month. And then this one, you get $30 a month and you have worse production value. It is a tough price. And quite honestly, the text tech schedule does not have flow TV or flow baseball listed for UTA and Oregon state. So it may be like 10 bucks a game and only one of them's against a ranked opponent. So man, that, that is tough. But what are the expectations for text tech this season in baseball? Quite frankly, you can tell by this schedule. It's been two straight years where you have not hosted a regional. You've been a three seed both years. And now, credit to them. 
They have outperformed their seeding. They got to winner-take-all game last year with the number two team in the nation. They also made a regional final the year before that as a three seed after dropping their first game. But looking ahead, it has been a while. Remember that first time Texas Tech made it to the College World Series back in 2014. You played in the Coral Gables Regional. The Coral Gables Regional. Then you hosted your Super Regional. And you did not go on the road for another NCAA tournament game. You played all your NCAA tournament games either in Lubbock or Omaha until you had to go to Statesboro, Georgia and play at that stupid field with that stupid monster that took away J.C. Young's home run. And then you were in Gainesville again last year. You can tell with the roster and the teams that you're playing in the non-conference, just going through some key matchups, you host Stanford twice, you get Tennessee and Oregon State, both top 10 baseball teams, you go to Fayetteville, Arkansas for a couple games, and then you close the season out in Tempe for two games against Arizona State and one against UNLV. This is obviously a move to try to boost this RPI and try to get back in that hosting conversation, at least be a top 16 seed, possibly even a top eight seed. Because look, if you can figure out the pitching, which you have a lot of prospects on your pitching staff, you really do. You have Kyle Robinson. It would be great to have Mason Molina back. Then all you're wondering about, okay, is it going to be Zane Petty, Jack Washburn, or Trenton Parrish for your third starter? Now you need to find two starting slots, which is a tall task. I think Zane Petty is going to be one of them. You have Jack Washburn, who's getting a really good chance to make an opening statement against Oregon on Sunday. You have Trenton Parrish, who has experience in that Sunday starting spot. You have Jacob Rogers, who has started an NCAA tournament game. What? He went three innings against Florida in that game, allowed one run against that insane lineup, and he closed the season out really well for you as well. Also, the only game I made it to last year at Dan Law, or well, Basically two games. It was the Abilene Christian comeback, then the ACU game right after that. Jacob Rogers, he's also a guy that can play some defense. He made a really nice defensive play after pitching three clean innings, or Deerham pitching three clean innings against ACU in that one. And then you also have some other guys, some talented freshmen coming in. You have a top 15 class overall. You lost very little in that draft, obviously. You had Naylor, who you couldn't quite hang on to. We kind of knew that was going to happen. It would be nice to have had Brandon Beckel back, but I think most people kind of assumed he was going to be gone either way. But you have so much talent offensively, even with losing Hudson White, even with losing uh, Hester. You have so much offensive talent. You could make an argument you are more talented offensively than last year. You can make a legitimate argument with that with the freshman class you had coming in, getting Gage, or not Gage Harrelson, Owen Washburn back from injury, getting Travis Sanders back from injury, and then recruiting Cade McGee. You could certainly make a case that you have a lot more bats and offensive talent than you did last season. And possibly these guys in a better position. Kevin Bazell, his natural position catcher, you're moving him back to catcher. And then you have Cade McGee, who's a natural third baseman, moving over to third base. Then you also have Travis Sanders that can play third base. So it's not going to be like, man, that was a big move. <laughs> uh, 
to save Kevin Bazell from getting ejected or else you were going to trot Ty Coleman out at third base, which no offense to Ty Coleman, but he's certainly not your natural third baseman. Now, if Cade McGee goes down, you have a guy in Travis Sanders that you have confidence in. You can move things around and move Kevin Bazell out to third, bring Dylan Maxey back into the fold at catcher. You have a lot more wiggle room with the roster and where players go in this lineup than you did last season. But that's going to do it for this one. We should have a much better idea on how Tadlock's going to utilize this lineup uh, come mon- come Monday. We'll record on Sunday night, break down the Iowa State basketball game, and also three big games in Arlington before we go to, well, stay in Arlington with UTA on Tuesday at 6 p.m., same day that you play TCU, and then a noon first pitch against number seven, Oregon State on Wednesday. That's going to do it for this one. Uh, We'll be back Monday morning to recap Texas Tech Iowa State and three big baseball games to open the season.